morning. Welcome to Daily Exhortations. Hopefully you guys had a great Christmas and New Year's Eve holiday. It's taken me a little bit just to get back into things. We've got uh, end-of-the-year financial paperwork and everything that I've been having to work through and prepare at the beginning of the, of the week here. So just jumping into it today, starting back into our schedule of doing the Daily Exhortations. I hope that these are a blessing to you and they do help um, get your mind on the things of God every single day. Um, also, I'm praying that you are walking with the Lord on a personal basis and that these are just a, a help and a benefit to you uh, to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. We are continuing our way through the book of Romans. We finished our meditations on Romans chapter 2 and we're starting Romans chapter number 3. I'm only going to focus on one section here, but I wanted to read some of the questions that I came up with as I was meditating on this chapter. Okay, so here are some of those questions. As I, as I sat down to read the text, I want to ask questions to make sure that I understand what I'm reading. That way I can understand the application to my life. First question I ask is, who are the sum of verse 3? As we read verse 3, you'll see where that question comes from. How would their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? What is the context of the quote in verse 4? Because verse 4 is a quotation from a, another Bible verse. How does our unrighteousness commend God's righteousness? Who was slandering Paul? How does good come by my doing evil? How, do, how, how does the phrase, there is none that seeketh after God, mesh with the phrase, if ye seek me, ye shall find me? That's an interesting question. Is it true that none does good? If the law only speaks to those who are under the law, how may all the world become guilty before God? How is the righteousness without the law manifested in God? Why does it talk about the remission of sins past? Does salvation not cover future sins? Okay. Uh, what does it mean to us to establish the law? Now, most of this book was written as a uh, to settle Gentile Jewish disputes within the church and questions that they would have had because of the Gentile inclusion into the body of Christ. And chapter three continues with that theme. Really, the whole book's going to continue with that theme, but chapter three makes it more obvious when it starts in verse number one, what advantage then hath the Jew? Okay, so the question is, if all the world is guilty before God because of their sin, then what profit, what benefit is it to being a Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Verse two says much every way, meaning there is a benefit to being a Jew. Chiefly, the main thing is because unto them were committed the oracles of God. God came to Israel first. He chose them as his people. He committed his word to them as a people. And the Messiah would come through them as a people. So there was a benefit to being a Jew because of these, these good things that God had done through the people Israel. But then the question comes, for what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? This phrase, the faith of God, is literally the faithfulness of God. That's, that's the meaning of the phrase there. And so Paul is asking, if some Jews do not believe, and therefore are not partaking of the benefits of the covenant, does their unbelief make God's faithfulness without effect? Does it make it void because they didn't believe? 
This theme will be picked up in Romans chapter 9 through 11 as well in more detail. But basically the idea is this. If some of these Jews fail to take hold of the promises that were given to them, does that mean that God didn't keep his promises to them? Because they they failed to, to receive the benefits of it. And he'll go on and he will he will answer that question in more detail, as I said. But the question, and I think this question probes into a, a way of thinking that a lot of times that we tend to have. When God allows us to go through difficult or hard circumstances in our lives, we struggle sometimes with believing that God is going to keep his promises or believing that God is truly what he says he is. An example of this uh, when I am when I'm hurting, when I've lost my job, or I'm sick severely, or I've got some disability, or there's been a death in the family and I'm hurting really bad, it's hard sometimes in that moment to believe that God is love, or that God is good, or that he is merciful, and that he is kind to his people. Because this doesn't feel kind. It doesn't feel loving to me. Does the fact that some people's unbelief make God's faithfulness void, does the fact that our lives are not everything that we expected them to be, does that make God's love and his kindness and his mercy and his faithfulness less true in our lives? I think sometimes in my life I was raised to think that if I sinned enough, I would become a castaway from God. As if a Christian could get to a point where he honestly was, was wanting to do what's right, but he just messed up one too many times. And so God would say, that's it, I'm done with you. And that castaway language is in scripture, but I don't believe that this is what it means. I don't think that this is the idea that it, that it was intended to give us. Um, and, the, and the idea here is that God's mercy and God's forgiveness has a limit to it. Is that true? Is that biblical? The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. See the connection here? And just to forgive us of our sins. God will forgive when we confess our sins. Jesus, t t talking to Peter, said when Peter asked him, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sinned against me? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, seven times 70. And the idea is just keep on forgiving. Keep on being faithful to forgive. And that is because this is the heart of God. This is God's faithfulness and his love toward us. And even in those hard circumstances, they don't disprove the goodness of God. And we need to look for his goodness. And we need to trust and rest in his goodness, even in those dark times. Because God is not faith. He is not unfaithful. He will be faithful to who he is and what he has said he will do. Let's rest in that. Hope you have a great day. God bless.